Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency. Today is May 1st, 2018, and you are listening to a new episode of Gawkerbacker. All right, everybody, let's jump right into it. So I started a new feature on uh, Gawkerbacker, five questions in five minutes. Let's go ahead and jump to that now. I just found uh, uh, Leah who has a really unique uh, business model here. So let's go ahead and ask her five questions. Let's jump into it right now. Let's get it going. Here we go. Sounds great. Awesome. Well, hey, how's it going? It sounds like you might be driving. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> Got the driving bug. Cool. Well, let's stay safe while we ask these quick five questions in five minutes. Sound good? Gotcha. Before we jump into it, why don't you tell my uh, listeners who you are and what you do? Awesome. So I'm Leah. I'm the founder of Fresh Progress Wellness. Um, I am an award-winning therapist, and basically I'm passionate about all things mental wellness, music, and, you know, pleasure and self-care and just feeling good, you know? Awesome. Um, brand Fresh Progress, we basically do career coaching as well as just mental wellness counseling. And you can find me on Twitter and um instagram at fresh progress and my podcast is lovely and fresh sweet sweet well that's an important topic right now uh i actually have a couple clients in your field or your industry that you're working on and, and uh we take it very awesome. seriously around here so it's great stuff good refer them my way you know that's always a good thing. awesome <laughs> awesome well let's jump into some five questions here so number one what'd you have for breakfast this morning Ooh, no breakfast whoa 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 whoa, whoa. isn't that the most healthiest meal of the day I know. I, I, I do do um, loose leaf tea. Okay. Loose leaf tea. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's it. All right. That's the first one. Number two, what's the last book that you've read? Ooh, good one. Uh, the last book I read, More Wine by Gabrielle Union. Okay. All right. Yeah. Give us a give us a quick glimpse of what what, what was it about? What's the ballpark? Uh, really good. It's about this, you know, Gabrielle Union is like famous, beautiful actress married to Dwayne Wade, and she kind of just went through her life experiences and you know, um, it was really good. She's really funny, really sarcastic. So um, if you want a funny read to read on the plane, it's a really quick read. Okay. It's a good book. Cool, 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 cool. All right, number three, what's one thing you want people to remember about you? Ooh, this is such a, um, oh my gosh, this is such an existential question. Um, <laughs> one thing I want people to remember about me, um, I want them to remember um, that... I was a humanist that I, 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 I see everyone at the same starting point. I don't believe where any person is better or lesser than someone else. It's a good one. That's good. All right. How about number four? What would you change if you could change one thing about yourself? Ooh, if I could change one thing about myself, I would, I wouldn't care what people think. I would just, I would live. Okay. All right. And what's one of your goals for the next 12 months? Oh, beautiful. Great, great questions, um, Jeff. Uh, the last question. Um, I would say, can you repeat that one again? What's Sorry. one of your goals in the next 12 months? Okay, next 12 months. Um, to get my podcast off the ground and just get listeners and be consistent, you know, not just drop off. <laughs> cool. Well, let's talk about that podcast a little bit. So, you know, what are you talking about? Where is it? How can people get to it? Awesome. Lovely and fresh. Um, right now it's pending on Apple uh, Podcasts and Google Play. 
so I just needed to like actually finish pending. But um, it's lovely and fresh, and you'd be better off following me on Instagram at Fresh Progress Beauty or on Twitter Fresh Progress because I'll post the links and everything. Okay. I'm on Anchor, which is like this awesome app that I just discovered. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, so and basically, um, lovely and fresh is like music. I'm really into. I listen to everything. I love alternative. I love rock. I love hip hop. And it's also about mental wellness. So we'll do a different topic a day, or we'll talk about something in the news that I can relate to mental wellness. That's great. And, um, the structure's still loose. I still need to like get it together. You know. Well, in your mind, what what do you think? Um, like you want to talk about? What is your ultimate goal for it? How do you how do you see uh, see it working? I would love to have a platform where I'm podcasting twice a week and um, one podcast is like an interview with like someone in the wellness space, whether it's music or art or, um, you know, because I'm also a therapist that believes that like healing comes from many different forms. And I'm a believer in harm reduction. So even things that are necessarily like wrong or taboo, I mean, if it's not truly harming someone, I'm like, you know. So some people might say, oh, metal music is this, and it messes up your eardrums or whatever. But if my client's using that and it, it's really helping them and healing them, like, I think that's a healing form, you know. So I would love to interview, like, you know, uh, just people in that healing space that inspire and really help people get through the everyday grind. That's great. Know? That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Leah, we're, hit, we're at our five-minute point. I'll let you get back to driving. Thanks so much for, uh, for tuning in and, uh, and giving me a call. Anytime. I love um, the way you ask questions. I'm going to follow you. Um, I would love to learn more about your podcast. I, I know you're tight on time, but. Yeah, well, you yeah. can could, could check it out. Uh, so I have a couple of them. I actually have three out there. You can listen to Gawker Backers, which you're on right now. Uh, this is every Tuesday and Thursday where I ask five questions. I also break down crowdfunding and what it's like to run an agency. Um Ooh which is what I do. And then I have a, another episode called, or another podcast called Successfully Funded, which is long form. And on that one, I actually break down um, what somebody does to raise over $100,000 in the campaign while the campaign's going. So it's a very active, uh, you know, very, very lively conversations. And then my third wow. one is called Standcast. And I, I talk about men's issues and men's masculinity and what's going on in our world and dad stuff and, and father Ooh. stuff. Um, so that one's called Stand. And uh, you can check that one out. And they're all on iTunes. They're everywhere. So uh, we do a lot of podcasting here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm sending you positive vibes. I'm going to subscribe to all your podcasts. Great. And I would love if you could be on my podcast because May is um, Mental Health Awareness Month. And I would love for you to do um, mental health and masculinity. Um, oh, yeah. I would. Um, I, I talk about that stuff all the time. So I would, I would be more than willing to jump on because it's a huge issue. That I know I'm going through and a lot of other people are going through. So so we talk about it all the time. Definitely. Well, have a good one and thank you so much. You too. So have a good one. Bye now. Bye. Hey, Leah, thanks so much for playing along with my five questions here. I really appreciate it. Uh, go check her out right now. She told you all the links. Go back and listen to those. Go to Twitter and Instagram. Follow her. Subscribe to her podcast. And uh, Leah, thanks so much for, uh, for playing five games. Five questions. Thank you for playing our games, five questions, five minutes. All right, so coming up next here, I'm actually going to talk about uh, a new uh, a new interview, right? We're gonna talk to Megan from Swift Paws. She is over on Kickstarter right now. The reason I have her on Gawkerbacker is flat out technical issues, right? Uh, we fought to get her recorded and I ended up recording her on Anchor because my other tool, Zencaster, was not working. So Zencaster, what is going on? What is going on? 
So Megan was a great, great conversation. Um, got to learn about her, uh, her Kickstarter. She's done really well. She's got about eight days to go. She's currently sitting at around $60,000. I think on like a $15,000 goal, something like that. Um, but it was a great conversation. So Megan, I'm gonna go ahead and shout you out right now. You're gonna be a, a gawker backer first here, right? Well, we're gonna dive into your conversation right now. So let's go ahead and talk to Megan from Swift Dogs. Well, hopefully this works a little better. I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can. Well, we did it. Congratulations. Yeah. You and I, we did it. That, uh, that was a little bit of platform jumping, but I can't believe that it seemingly worked perfectly on Chrome and then fell off the planet after about 20 seconds. I agree. I, um, so I've been an uh, early user of Zencaster, and they will be getting a tech support email from me um, <laughs> because there's 130-some episodes of no issue. Yeah. And congrats to you for breaking it. Um, you did it. So, well, thanks. Well, thanks for uh, fighting through this with me. I appreciate it. I'm excited that we can talk still. Yeah, definitely. I'm. Um, I am absolutely a great product tester. If something can go wrong, it will. So, <laughs> well, cool. That's a good thing to have in your job description. Uh, I'm a tester. Well, yeah. so Anchor. This is pretty cool too. I don't know if you've used Anchor or not, but I also have another podcast over there called Gawkerbacker. Uh, so I'll plug myself, but. On that one, I, I talk to people from all over the world through this app. So you, you and I will, will chat on this one. But this is pretty cool, too. We can record right here, and then uh, it'll still sound good, and we'll go this system. So uh, we'll see what happens. But um, I, So I usually like to start with a good question, just kind of sound check us and get us off the, off the old path here. So what did you have for breakfast today? Uh, I actually skipped breakfast unwisely. Oh, no. No, 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 no. What? I had uh, – yeah, I was meeting my business partner at a local park to do some testing, and so ran out the door and had like half a cup of coffee, then the dog drank the rest of my coffee. Um, he does that on a regular basis. I, I like forget to leave it. I leave it within his reach, and then he's like, oh, thanks for the coffee, mom. So <laughs> I only got a half a cup of coffee and skipped breakfast, but luckily when I got home, I remedied that with a bowl of cereal, so. <laughs> okay, what kind of cereal? Like, what's your fancy? Um, the the currently my cereal of drug of choice is the chocolate version of fruity pebbles. So the cocoa. Okay. Pebbles. The cocoa pebbles. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, cool. Well, I think we're sounding good. So why don't we jump right into it? So we're talking about your uh, Kickstarter campaign. Why don't you tell my listeners what you're currently raising money for over on that platform? Uh, could you repeat that? I just had a little crackle. So what are you raising money for on Kickstarter right now? So we are raising money on Kickstarter for essentially the first product of its kind that we have created and are in development for, um, and it is essentially a machine that turns your backyard into a game of capture the flag for your dog. Nice. Uh, you can also put it in your living room and use it for your cat or your dog if you want to go furniture bowling, as my business partner likes to call it. Um, but it could be used indoors or outdoors, and uh, we're coming to Kickstarter because we have been building a commercial version for a little over five years now, and this version is actually a scaled-down version and a much less expensive version, but it is the very first time that we'll be doing sort of 
real professional production and tooling. And all of that takes a lot of upfront cost. And uh, yeah, that's why we went to Kickstarter. Cool. So uh, for our listeners, kind of describe what you're talking about. What is Capture the Flag for, uh, for dogs? Huh? You know, w- walk me through this. Paint me a picture. Right. So Swift Paws is the name of our company. And what that might imply is that the dogs are running really quickly. And that's exactly the whole game. It's a game of chase. So if your dog likes to chase squirrels or lizards in the backyard, this essentially simulates a fake squirrel running around. And the best part is, is that you get to control that squirrel. So Mm. it's an interactive game. You've got a controller in your hand. You set up the course however you want to. You can put corners anywhere so you can go zigzagging around your backyard once you set the course you grab that controller and you're in control of the speed and direction Hmm. i don't know if you've ever played with like those old slot car oh yeah 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 yeah. yes it's kind of like it's it's similar to that and it's it's quite a rush because you really get to play with your dog without you having to run around Hmm. nice (laughs) very nice and and like is this for all types of dogs, big dogs, little dogs. Yeah. So the activity is for absolutely any dog or cat or animal that loves to chase or engage with this kind of a, this kind of an instinctual behavior, you know, dogs, they, they really have that prey drive. They've got that instinct to chase and we can take that and turn it into more of a play drive because they Hmm. figure out that it's really not a living, breathing creature. It's just a toy. But once they figure out it's a toy, they're like, oh, this is still really fun. And then they really start to engage and they'll, um, they'll actually become like less destructive in the home because they're getting that mental and physical energy out somewhere. They have sure, an outlet sure. now. And, uh, and so people really enjoy letting their dogs do this activity. Now, the activity is not new. It's been a really well-kept secret since around the 70s. Um, it's called lure coursing. And, hmm. and it's been a competitive sport for sight hounds like greyhounds and uh, whippets. And it's actually a competitive sport in the AKC and UKC, which are our sanctioning bodies for like fancy dog sports. Oh, right, right. And yeah, so people people have been getting titles and competing, and their dog is a coursing champion. And it's actually the fastest-growing sport right now, the fastest-growing sport for dogs. But still, even with it being the fastest-growing sport, almost nobody knows about it. I think I looked on Facebook. There's like 14,000 people who like lure coursing. <laughs> well, yeah. that is actually such a small subset of dog owners. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is not a lot of people. Wow, yeah, interesting. So- so we're trying to bring it to everybody's backyard because it's not just fancy show dogs that love this. It's every dog. Sure. Sure. I bet. Yeah. I mean, from the video, it looks like it's, it's like every dog would just you know eat this up. So uh, it's very cool. So where was kind of the, you know, where's the idea of this starting? Well, I mean, how long have you been working on this thing? What's the uh, sketch of a napkin? We're like, Hey, I want to get into this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, way back in, 2011, uh, I graduated from college and had a couple of job offers, some opportunities, really was burnt out. I'd been pushing really hard for a long time. And I was like, you know what? I'm taking the summer off. And when I took the summer off, I was doing dog agility. And I thought that was super awesome. My dog thought that was super awesome. Uh, However, I'm one of those people who's like, okay, what's next? What can I do next with my dog? Mm-hmm. And that's how I got introduced to the sport of lure coursing, except there was literally nowhere to try it within a hundred mile radius of my home. Wow. And so I was like, this sounds super cool. I think my dog is going to love it, but 
I can't even go anywhere to give it a try. And so I looked into buying the equipment and the equipment was like $4,000 by the Whoa. time you bought. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So now the equipment that was available is amazing, heavy duty. Like, you know, you could take it anywhere and run in a 20 acre field if you wanted to, but starving college student here, like fresh grad, doesn't even have a job, can't drop $4,000 <laughs> on something that she doesn't even know if her dog's going to do. Right, right. So uh, I wound up piecing together this semi-functional machine, like proof of concept with my dad. And I had no intentions of building it or creating a company. I, I really just wanted to see if my dog would try it. Because I was like, oh my God, I feel like this is what my dog lives for. And he's mm -hmm. going to find his calling here. So we put together this like really crazy contraption and it worked. It worked. The dog loved it. I invited all my agility friends over and they loved it. And we had this barbecue party get together event and it was only supposed to be a one-time thing. I was like, you know, this is just for fun. We're all getting together. Summer's coming to an end. It was in October. And uh, before I really have to start looking for a job, I really need to have a little fun. Right. Well, at that event, my now business partner uh, was roped into sort of being the chef and, uh, and music coordinator. So he had brought his speakers, he was spinning some tunes, and he had made some incredible pulled pork. We were just having a party. And he is a very business-minded person. So he approached me after the event. And he was like, Megan, like, what you did here is really cool. And everybody's saying they want to do it again. And where'd you get that equipment? And he's like, what if we tried to make a couple of these? And do you think people would want it? And so seriously, it was born out of a party. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And here we are almost six years later. That's great. So in that six years, what has been like, has there been a major roadblock that you just couldn't do something you wanted to do or something that you had to majorly pivot off of? I'm sure there's been a lot yeah. of ups and downs, but was there like one moment where you're like, wow, we just couldn't do it this way or whatever? Absolutely. I would say the largest roadblock we going from what we could create with our knowledge and capabilities and help from a few outside resources. And, you know, we had a small 800 square foot warehouse space for a while. We were operating out of garages for a while and we were essentially hand building this equipment. I think the first generation was made out of plywood. Then mm -hmm. we moved to like soft silicone tooling, injection molding. Well, we didn't quite realize just how big of a step it is to go from what's considered more of a prototyping process, like the soft tooling, to mm -hmm. go from that, which is what we have right now is our second generation equipment. And we were building those in batches of five machines. Well, the demand over about a two-year period really overwhelmed our ability to produce this equipment. So we were like, well, we'll just, you know, we'll kind of stop producing this equipment because we really are a two-man band here. Mm -hmm. So we're going to stop producing that and focus our efforts because at that point in time, we had recouped all of the investment we put in the company. So that was amazing. Now, we haven't made any money, but that's, right. I mean, people will tell you, like, that's a huge accomplishment of oh, itself. Yeah. So oh, yeah. we, we stopped production. We reinvested. We told all of our current clients, like, look, this is what we're doing. We're not going away. We're doing this so we can really become the company that produces a full-on professional piece of equipment and can do so in quantity. And we're like, it's going to take us a couple months because we already know what we want to build. And that, we sold our last machine in June of last year. So we're coming up on almost an entire year of focusing solely on the, the development of our third generation product. So that milestone of going from 
something that John and I can personally control every aspect of and we're hand building it to now we're looking at getting molds made and we're going around to local production companies and and uh we're building we're getting our own circuit board built i mean that step took us probably five times longer than we actually thought it would (laughs) wow wow yeah that's cool so on the flip side of that what's the moment and it sounds like maybe it was the party you were mentioning but was there a moment though even outside of that where you're like man i have something here that i need to like really invest time and energy into was where it just kind of all came together yeah so I have to say like we definitely fell into the um it's not really a trap it's okay depending on how seriously you want to take your business but for the first handful of years we really were doing the part-time business model we enjoyed it it was fun it was working but we were not I would say 100% all in. Um, John was already retired when he leapt back into business with me, and I was doing other things. I was I was working part time at a vet's uh, at a friend's veterinarian's office. I have a small horse farm, so I was you know doing some stuff related with horses. And so the two of us, uh, up until about a year ago, were doing this business in our spare time. Gotcha. And I would say that moment when we really had to stop and think was that moment when we had recouped our initial investment in the company. And we had done that in that sort of part-time stuff. We were traveling to events and I mean, things were going really well and we took it very seriously, but we were not putting that proverbial 60 to 80 hours a week in that people say you have to put in. And we made that choice. um, And we actually when we made our choice to reinvest into the company, it really became real. And for me, that's the first time that the company took on its own entity and became something larger than just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that the, the most recently, um, we when we launched on Kickstarter, the fact that we hit our goal in the first 24 hours was an amazing validation point for sure, us. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's great. That's uh, tells me that you did your homework and stuff. So we'll get to the Kickstarter in a second. I want to ask sure, more sure. questions on. Um, so I mean, typically running a Kickstarter campaign it takes a ton of time and effort, and and running a business, and it sounds like even having your hands in other cookie jars like the farm and all that sort of stuff. What do you do to stay organized as an entrepreneur? What are some of your tips or techniques to like stay focused uh, while you're running a campaign and and keeping all the plates spinning at the same time? Yeah, that's, that's a huge, that's a huge commitment. And I think it really boils down to actually making that commitment and then recommitting yourself. However often that takes, is it once a week? Is it every day? How often do you sit down and say, okay, what is my focus right now? Am I really focusing on what's good for the company? Where's my heart lie in all of this? And uh, I think that one of John and myself's largest strengths is that at our very core, we passionately believe in this company. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't just something that we're doing because it seems fun. I mean, we truly believe that we're making a product that is going to do a world of good out there. We think people are going to love it. We love it. And we're all in. And I think that that is the crux of it. Stuff's going to go wrong, of course. And mm-hmm. Nothing's ever as easy as it seems or as inexpensive as you think it's going to be. But if your heart really is there and you can remind yourself of that as you're going through everything and then the commitment. So, for example, I had to I actually have uh, two separate people now who take care of the farm for me. Um, So I had to shift myself away from taking care of horses so I could take care of my business. And I think that that was a really important choice to make because there's no way that I could dedicate 
all of myself like I need to if I was still had my hands in those other cookie jars. <laughs> right, right, right. And how did you and John meet? So uh, kind of an interesting story, but I guess not really in the scheme of things. I actually dated John's uh, younger son when I was still in high school oh, for like okay. a large portion of my young adult life. And so I initially met John and he was uh, essentially kind of a father figure in a lot of ways um, and has seen me grow up, so to speak. So at the time in which he approached me and we got into business together, I was still dating his son. And there was a moment, uh, I think a year after we got into business together, when he said, look, he said, you know, I if you don't stay in a relationship with my son forever, he's like, I want you to know that I'm committed to this business and I'm committed to a business relationship with you. And regardless of personal stuff, uh, I think that this is something that can be successful. And I want you to know that at the time I kind of brushed that off. I was sure. like, Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. great, whatever. Thanks, right. John. And you know, the relationship is, it ended and it's very mutually friendly. Like there's really no bad blood there. So it's not that it was a massive blow up or anything, but I, moving forward from that. And that was probably about four years after when we had that conversation. Mm -hmm. But I have to say that it, you know, my brain immediately kind of went back to that. And I was like, you know what, that was, first of all, really good foresight on his part. And second of all, it's nice to have a business partner who says, hey, I realize we've got some personal involvement. However, on a business side, I chose to have you as a business partner, not because that we had an outside relationship. Cool. So yeah, very cool. Very, very cool. Well, let's flip over now to the Kickstarter. Let's talk a little bit about that. You mentioned that you were successful in the first 24 hours, which is a, is a great thing. How, what kind of game plan did you put together before you launched the campaign so that you knew you were going to be successful? So with the Kickstarter campaign, I think uh, we seriously started planning for it around the time frame of last October. I want to say that the first time uh, John built me this really big whiteboard. So he ha we have this uh, industry secret where we go to Home Depot or Lowe's and we buy this four by eight sheet. And I forget exactly what it's supposed to be used for, but it's like a whiteboard material. It's perfect. So it's a lot cheaper because when you're a starving small business owner, you've got to yeah. take expenses into a, a account, but it's this huge surface. And I think it's only like 20 bucks or 30 bucks. It's really inexpensive and it gives you this massive whiteboard to work with. Yeah. And so he got, one of those and we put them together and the first time I drew out a timeline where I was like, okay, here's some stuff that I need to work. Here's a, here's when I think we'll Kickstarter launch and here's what has to go on. And then here's the end and really just did the timeline leading up to the launch of a Kickstarter campaign. And that was in October. So I think that between October and when we actually launched, um, there were some shifts that were made. We sort of more carefully planned our actual launch day. Uh, but the preparation for that, I, I want to say that the preparation really should be the focus of a Kickstarter campaign because the campaign itself is super exciting. But if you haven't done the prep work, I think it could yeah. be a lot more anxiety inducing. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, as somebody who takes about 20 lead calls a week around, uh, people who did not do their homework, I can attest to that. Yes. So it's all about the pre-launch. Yes. It's all about that. Yeah. Well, that's great. So, you know, when you were kind of planning it out though, how did you find like the goal and, you know, that, you know, I'm assuming you obviously would need more money than what you've raised even at this point or your goal. So how did you kind of come up with like the numbers that you wanted to hit and uh, to make sure that this was, would be successful and you could deliver what you, uh, what you said you can? Yeah. So some of our metrics on that, uh, we've really tried to break it down to 
what is the bare minimum threshold that if we meet, we will say, wow, that has validated a true interest and desire where we're not just drinking our own Kool-Aid. The people out there really care about this as much as we do, and we will do everything it takes to get the rest of the funding we need, be it via the Kickstarter, if we're that fortunate, or however else we need to. That number to us was more than a number that we need where it will magically make all of our financial (laughs) worries go away. But the number was truly a number that we studied carefully and thought, if we hit this, we will make it happen because that is the, the threshold for us where it has enough uh, validity to Mm -hmm. truly be a product that worthy. And so we had our own group. I mean, we've done events uh, throughout the country over the past handful of years. And at these events, people always ask us, oh my God, this was so much fun. My dog loved it. We do little events where we'll raise money for charities and you can try it with your dog for a donation. And they say, I need this. I need this in my backyard. So for about two years now, two or three years now, at these events, we've started taking down those people's email addresses. So we had a list of emails. I think it was in the neighborhood of 400 emails that we had gathered. And that was a really strong group of emails to have because these people we know had tried it with their dog. Their dog loved it and were excited about the potential of getting it in their backyard. So that was our, our biggest idea was if we can get a small percentage of those people say, yes, I am going to, and back it, then we're going to move forward with the whole project. That's great. That's awesome. So um, how about metrics in terms of, I don't know, signups that you got, or, you know, was there any sort of like uh, number that you were looking at? Like, we don't want to launch until this happens. Anything like that, metric-wise, number-wise? Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely had a campaign. uh, We're operating out of like a Google Drive system. So we've got a lot of different spreadsheets and just some of them are just kicking ideas around and some of them are actual numbers. And I had this one document and I titled it campaign. (laughs) And now it's multiple pages long. Mm -hmm. And in that campaign, I had this little section where I said sort of what I wanted to have Uh, before we launched and what I wanted to have, what I think we would need to have in order to have a successful campaign. And our biggest metric that we drove for was we wanted to be able to reach out and touch a million people over the course of our campaign. And that doesn't mean have a million people come to the Kickstarter and watch the video. That just means that a million people will have it fly past their Facebook screen or, or, you know, they will have that impression. And we really worked on achieving that goal through the people that we have worked with in the past uh, at fundraisers and events and touching base with them and saying, Hey, we're going to launch a Kickstarter campaign. When we do, will you help us spread the word? Would you share a post? And we actually uh, hit our million mark. I think at the end, and I can just take a look at that real quick reach. Yeah, we had actually, we were just shy of it. We had 911,000, uh, from their reaches. So our expanded reach was just under that million mark. So I think that wow. having that goal really made us uh, drive to it. And I think that that's partly why we were so successful so early on. That's awesome. That's, that's a great metric. Uh, it's, it's one that I haven't really actually thought about, but you're right. We actually just had a campaign uh, finish up and it was a very, very niche product in the, in the bass guitar. Like you either had to be a bass guitar player or you didn't want this thing, right? 
Oh, and wow. Yeah. We cro- yeah. You know, we crossed over a million impressions um, in about a, about a 45, 50 day window. And again, we did $130,000 on a very, very niche product. Nice. Um, so, you know, so, and we actually are standing back and going, that might be a new metric to look at for 2018 and on of like, yeah, you know, and, and again, wasn't a million people that went to the Kickstarter, just a million people saw this thing. It got in their ethos. They probably thought about it. Maybe they came back, you know, but it was out there at least. So that's, that's great. That's an interesting new, new set. I'm, I'm, you're kind of validating my own thought patterns here a little bit. Yeah, so, that's interesting. Yeah. So kind of, kind of wrap, start wrapping this up a little bit. What, what do you see sort of the next, well, let me ask you, ask you this, when the Kickstarter campaign ends and all the money drops and everybody slaps their high fives, what starts to happen at that point? So I think our first step is going to be to actually put that initial down payment on the molds that we're going to need to create. Uh, We Mm -hmm. truly have taken this product through a production ready prototype, um, through a good set of testing, um, through a electrical and mechanical engineering process. So we really are, I believe, uh, a lot further along in the process than perhaps some projects are when they get to Kickstarter. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that you can truly be on Kickstarter in any phase of the process, as long as you're transparent and have a clear idea of where you've been, where you're at and what you need to do to get where you're going. So where we're at is we have literally already gone out and gotten bids for those tools that we're going to need. And we are already going out and meeting with, there's about two or three different companies Uh, We want to produce this in the U.S., so there's two or three companies that are actually local in our very own county who will take those tools and do the injection molding here locally for us. So I think that it's important to do your homework and go and make those connections and meet those people. Even if you don't have molds yet, you need to be talking to them already. You should have enough of an idea of what your product will be that you can have the conversation and get it sort of lined up. So we have been hard at work on that literally since the campaign went successful, which was day one. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So that's, you know, that's what's happening right away. What does kind of the next year to two years look like? Is this something that you envision multiple products coming off of or, you know, where, where do you see the future going? Yeah, so that's a great question. And that is a question that we had to ask ourselves um, about four months ago, because until then we were so focused on this one product that we were trying to create. And as soon as it started to look, real. It was like, oh, wait, there is something else that comes after this, right? So where we're at right now is we're really going to approach this thing from a very grassroots point of view. We want to do as much good for pets in need as we can. So we're going to be partnering with charitable organizations uh, across the country. And we are hoping to, while wholesale and retail is great, and we will be pursuing those avenues. Our focus, especially in the first year, is going to be giving $25 from every single sale to a charitable organization and getting them to essentially have events where we can go, people can try it. And if they want to buy it, that's a really large donation check for that organization. Um, So that's going to be our our heavy hitting uh, marketing sort of strategy is going to be to see just how much we can raise that dollar figure in a year's time. And then our plan is to debut this product at some of the trade shows next year. So March and June of next year are two of the largest pet product trade shows. And that's our, that's our target. And I think it's okay to sort of take a year and let your product hit the market, 
do some grassroots, really get down in the trenches, selling, talking to small little mom and pop stores and see Mm -hmm. really what the reception is before you go to those trade shows. Um, I've been at a couple trade shows before, completely unrelated to my business. And I know that if you're not really prepared, that you can kind of be an experience, but I realized I'm totally not ready. So we're going to hit those next year and hopefully get this product sort of on the shelves in a couple of different places and then work towards our commercial line of the same product. Um, And then eventually we already have some ideas churning for related products that the customer who wants Swift Paws for their backyard will also be interested in. That's awesome. Megan, well, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to talk. I know it's a busy schedule. We had to fight. We had to fight technology to get this, but uh, it was a great interview, and I'm, I'm glad you could take some time and talk to my listeners a little bit about your product and, and, and where you're going with it. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, Jeff, I'm so glad you reached out, and we did. We persevered through some technical <laughs> <We did it. laughs> hang-ups, yeah. Yeah. but I, I really do appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. It's been a journey. Kickstarter is always a learning experience. It is our first time on Kickstarter. We've learned a lot, and I think it's yeah. great that you do this podcast. Thanks. Yeah, that's why we do it. We want to put as much good information out there as possible because, you know, there's no reason to read a blog from what happened, what worked in 2013, you know, like it's about now. Uh, and cause this, this medium is constantly changing. Even, I mean, even just like stuff, I, I I'm running two or three campaigns at, uh, at a time for clients and, uh, there's always something new like, wow. Oh, you tried this. That's, that's great. So, and I'll give you one, I'll leave awesome. you with one tiny last bit of data. And that is interestingly sure. enough. Sure. Um, and I haven't heard this metric elsewhere, but maybe it is out there. Dollar for dollar, our project video plays, not the completion rate, but the actual project video plays has pretty much been a tenfold two dollars raised for us, um, almost essentially hmm. the entire project through, which is really interesting. At this point, we've sort of hit off and we're slightly over on video plays on a tenfold to dollar amount raised, but this entire time it has been within maybe 500 to $1,000 of dead on. So that, that has been very interesting. I haven't read that. Anywhere. That is interesting. <laughs> yeah. I might go do some uh, math after this. I might go do some division and some, uh, well, let me go look at this. Cause we did, like I said, we just had a campaign finish up that did well, like last week. And we're, we're putting all those metrics together now as to what worked, what didn't work. Should yeah. we spend our time on the next campaign doing it? You know, just all that sort of stuff. Uh, I'm going to look at those numbers because we had a very, very good video and we had a celebrity in the video basically saying, I I use this thing. So um, it's intriguing. I'll look at that. That's a good stat. I appreciate you uh, throwing that out. Yeah, it was very interesting to me to see how closely it tracked. And um, just at this point, we sort of got more video plays than we had direct, uh, direct that, that metric. So, but that, to me, that was fascinating how that, how that ran for the first couple of weeks. That's very intriguing. I'll be looking at that. Well, Megan, I appreciate it. Thanks again so much for your time. Thanks so much, Jeff. Bye now. All right, bye. All right, I got one campaign that I am currently gawking backing at right now. So this campaign is called the Evolution Pant, One Pant, Unlimited Potential. They only have 46 hours to go. They had a $20,000 goal and they're currently sitting at $478,672 with just over 3,000 backers. Uh, So these are the world's most functional and versatile pair of pants. 
It's the ultimate pant for travel, outdoor, and every day. It's sustainably made in the United States. So a lot of cool stuff going on here, cool pants. Uh, just, you know, a very, very cool campaign here. So if you're in the mood for some pants, go check out this campaign right now. It's called the Evolution Pant. Again, like I said, you got about 46 hours to go, so go check it out now. All right, guys. Well, I hope everybody has a great day. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's a little bit of a longer one. We had a, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but I need you guys to do some stuff for me. If you enjoy the podcast, go to Gawker Background, iTunes, subscribe, leave a review, right? I mean, you're already listening to it. Leave me a review. That helps out a ton. Also, because you're enjoying this, why don't you go tell a friend to uh, to jump on board here and and uh, become a you know become a subscriber. If you want to listen to our other podcasts, go to Successfully Funded Now over on, on iTunes as well. That is when we talk to project creators while they're in the middle of a campaign. So go check that out right now subscribe leave a review as well also go over to woodshed agency and uh and, and become a subscriber there right get into our world talk to me let's let's hang out so uh and if you've got a kickstarter campaign and you need some help shoot me an email jeff at woodshed.agency till then i hope everybody has a great day and talk to you all later